or have to say um, through what he's given me to say. Amen? Let's go before him and, and just pray. Lord, we honor you once again. We thank you, Lord, for this night. God, we thank you for this time to be in your house. Lord, greater is one day in your house, Lord, than a thousand anywhere else we could be. And God, I just thank you tonight for your word. Lord, I thank you for the anointing that's on your word and for the anointing that you've given me to minister it. God, I thank you that the word that is spoken tonight will find good ground in the hearts of the hearers, Lord. That they'll bring forth fruit because they'll be doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you will tonight, go ahead and turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. God has a purpose for your life. Hallelujah. Have you become acquainted with it yet? He puts you on this planet for a purpose. And you have a divine destiny. I love that. I love that. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Amen. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. Before you were born, I set you apart. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now obviously the Lord was speaking to Jeremiah here. And he had called him specifically to be a prophet. But we need to understand and know tonight that before we were born, before you were born, He ordained you. He ordained you and gave you a gift and put inside your earth suit a spirit man who has a purpose in the earth. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Some translations say which God prepared, which God ordained beforehand that we should walk in them. That word ordained means this, to fit up in advance. Literally or figuratively, to ordain before or to prepare before. God had a plan for you even before you submitted to His Lordship for your life. While we were yet sinners, the Bible said, Christ died for the ungodly. He had a vision. He saw you doing His work. He saw you operating within His kingdom. He saw you bringing light into darkness. Just like what we sang. Just like what we sang. He saw you making a difference on the planet. And he gave a plan. And this word again means to fit up in advance. He tailor-made you for the purpose that he has for you on the earth. Tailor-made. You know, you can go to J.C. Penney's if you're a man. You can buy a suit, mix and match. You need a size 48 jacket, great. If you need a size 34 pants, that's great because it normally doesn't come that way. So you can go there and kind of pull and miss and match and make that work. But then you can also go to a men's store and you can have a suit tailor made for you. It fits perfect. It's been hemmed. It's been groomed. If the little waist needed to be taken in or letting out a little bit, whatever shape you are, it's made specifically.
specifically for you. And God ordained, fit up, suited up, tailor-made beforehand your spirit man to be what you need to be in the earth. He tailor-made you. We must get a hold of the fact that God created us with a purpose in mind. Hallelujah. He created you with a purpose in mind. And you know something? No one knows the purpose of the creation better than the Creator Himself. (coughs) No one. Because when the Creator begins, He gets something in an unseen realm, sees the picture of what it will be, and then puts it into material that will function like He wants it to. You have any everything in you right now to do and be successful in the earth with what He's called you to do because He put it in there. <coughs> Excuse me, me and this platform have a deal. I don't know what it is. Nobody's home, you know, I keep cough drops up here. I got one, thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> no one knows the purpose of a thing better than the one who creates it. Turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. This is Paul speaking. He's talking about his life. Now, Paul, we already know, um, he, he had the change on the road to Damascus, and he immediately separated himself for a time to begin to mold and change, repent, have a change of thinking. Because he had been doing some things. He had been very je- zealous about the things he were doing. He said, you know what? In zealousness, no one can top me. Because I persecuted the church with all my heart. I was doing things with all my heart. And he had this change, this repentance and change of thinking. And, and he began then. And we see his writings in the New Testament, three quarters of the New Testament, Paul wrote. And because he was just as zealous for the cause of Christ and for the kingdom as he ever had been. Matter of fact, he said, I count everything, even the knowledge, even the, the smarts, the degrees, everything that I had, I count that as dung, one translation says. Now, that's pretty strong. <laughs> that's pretty strong. Some translations will, you know, kind of change that just to say as lost and like that. But, you know, but uh, and he was just as zealous. And, man, he was after it. He was after it. Man, he, he, he gave his whole life for the building of the kingdom once he got it. He was going, but this is what he said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I might apprehend that for which I also am apprehended in Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as be perfect or mature, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal it to you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk in the same rule and let us have the same mind. Paul is saying here, you know what? There was a purpose for which I was apprehended. There was a purpose. The word apprehended means to take eagerly or to seize, possess. You know, Jesus is Lord 
of our life. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 9, verse 10, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, we shall be saved. So the way that we come into the kingdom, the way that we come into salvation is by confessing that He is Lord. And we've been taught this before, that a landlord is what? The owner of property. He owns us. The Bible said, Paul said there that I press, that I might uh, apprehend that for which I was apprehended. We were bought with a price. He owns us. He has laid hold of us and seized us eagerly. Man, the Bible said that, that all creation travails for the birthing of the sons of God. All creation yearns to see us become mature sons of the living God. He said, I, man, I'm pressing. I'm running for it, man. I am all weights off. I'm going for this. I am eagerly seeking after the thing that God has purposed for my life, and it's the reason that He, that he seized me. And can anybody relate that when you were born again, Man, it was like He seized you and encompassed your whole being. Because then from the inside out, you weren't yearning and trying and, and seeking after religion anymore. That's what the word religion means. It means to seek after. We're not religious beings anymore. The kingdom is not made of a religion. It's made of people who've been birthed sons and daughters of God. And we don't have to seek anymore. Our soul's satisfied in Him. In Him. And He has a purpose. He has a purpose. He owns us. He's apprehended us with a specific purpose in mind. In His wisdom, He laid out a path for your life even before you were born. And when you were running just as far as you could in the other direction, he was still laying out the plan, laying out the path. He could see it. He could see it. Just like we speak and we say we can play, see this place full because we know it will be. He saw what you would become. You say, well, it doesn't look full. Well, he might be looking at you right now in the natural and thinking, well, you don't look like what I created you to be. But you know what? Paul said, I press. I'm running after it. I'm seeking. I might not be perfect and mature in it today, but you wait until you see me tomorrow. You might feel like today that you have not apprehended His purpose and His plan for your life. You may be confused. You may be saying, what's going on? Things don't look like what I thought they were going to look like. But He already sees it. He already sees you. He already sees you growing and maturing into what He's planned for your life. Already. He can see it. And you know what? And He has said it. I know the thoughts I, say, I think towards you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. Some translations say an expected end. He already knows. He's already said it. And you know what happens when God says it is. When God says, it is. He's not a God that goes by what He sees. He goes by His Word. Now faith is. 
Come on, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what we cannot see. Man, if anybody can walk in faith, it's God. And His faith works. And it even works over you. All your imperfections and all your things that you might not be perfect in today has no effect on Him. Has no effect on Him and what He said and what He's seen. And you are not strong enough to overcome His purpose for your life, even you. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalms 31, verse 19. He's prepared good things for us. He has prepared beforehand good things. Psalms 31, verse 19 says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you. He wants good things in your life. Good things in your life. And all you have to do is trust Him. Line up with Him. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and He delights in His way. Though He may fall, He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds Him with His hand. Amen. That right there tells us we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be doing this thing absolutely mistake-free. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and even if he would fall, the Lord would uphold him in his hand. Hallelujah. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord orders his steps. The man's heart plans his way, but the Lord orders his steps. What we have to do is submit to His Lordship. Go ahead and just submit. Just, you you know what, Lord? I'm yours. Do with me what you want to do with me. How many of you, before you got born again, thought that you had a pretty good plan for your life? Right? You were looking. Brother Jimmy, you were probably thinking, you know, I'll get this good job. Hopefully I'll have some insurance. I'll get that, and I'll do good in that, and they'll promote me. And I'll get this kind of house, and I'll do this kind of thing. And your vision, you know. Pastor Brian has shared a lot of times when ministering, you know, if we did what we just wanted to do, there's a couple farms over in Coffee County with big lakes on them. You know, we could have been doctors or lawyers or something with a nice little name in front of our name. And... Both of us, you know, worked, you know, where I could have stayed, whatever, stayed home. And we could have built a big house. The man makes his plans. But the Lord orders his steps. If he's Lord, you know what? He's ordering your steps. He's set in order. He's fit them and joined them together. Hallelujah. Genesis 2. Let's look at Genesis 2. Again, if we just come in line, submit to His Lordship. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to tend it and keep it. God created Adam out of the dust of the earth. 
Once he was created, the Bible says the Lord said, this is very good. He loved what he had created. A man who could fellowship with him. But he didn't just leave the man to his own devices and say, now just, you know, enjoy yourself. Have a good time. Isn't it nice? I mean, gosh, I made all these trees. And I made animals. I'm even going to let you name them. And, you know, you can just do whatever you want. Hang out. Ride the horses. Whatever. No, he didn't do that. The Bible says that he put, some translations say he set the man in the garden to, to, to take care of it and to keep it. He gave him a purpose in the earth. The, um, the word took in this, uh, again, means to take or to seize. He laid hold of the man that he had created and said, Here, be here. Tend the garden. To put means to deposit. I love that. You know why? Because a deposit denotes that there's something bigger that can come of this. It's like the word plant. He put the man. He planted the man. Because he had big vision for his man. He was going to be the head of this kingdom on earth. And anytime you plant a seed, you don't expect just one thing to come up. You don't expect even equal value. You expect that when you plant a seed, that it's going to bear much fruit. A oak tree, a little tiny acorn, falls to the ground and dies. Thank God we died to our old self. That acorn falls to the ground and dies, and out of it becomes, man, if you wait long enough, a tremendous tree that can bring shade and house the animals and produce more. How many of you have ever lived in a place where there was an oak tree and you try to drive on your driveway? What do you hear? Pop, 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 pop. That's just the ones that fell out of the tree. That came from one. One seed. God has seized you just like he did Adam. Let's read it with these definitions in. Then the Lord seized, took hold of the man, and deposited him in the garden to tend it and to keep it. Hallelujah. See that for yourself. See that for yourself. And this, this whole thing implies to rest. That is to settle down. Settle down. We rest when we find His purpose for our life. Because there's no more toiling. There's no more wondering. There's no more say, God, what do you want from me? God, you know, what can I do? God, how am I going to, you know, do this? How am I going to get my needs met? How am I going to, you know, provide? How am I going, what am I going to do? No. When you allow the Lord to set you in the place that He's ordained for you, we rest. We settle down. There is no looking out. 
wondering what else might could be. It is His plan. It is what He's purposed for you. Rest. That's awesome. It really is. Because, you know what? There's not a lot of people in the world today that have rest, that are just settled and are okay with where they are, with who they are, and with, and especially even within the church, what God has ordained for them to be. We have to settle down into the place that God has ordained for our life. 1 Corinthians 12:18 says this. <clears throat> Hallelujah. But now God set the members, every one in the body, as it has pleased Him. He sets us in the body where it pleases Him. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Now indeed there are many members, yet one body. All of us together make up the body. But he seized you and apprehended you, laid hold on you so that he could set you in the body where it pleases him. Do you know what this means to us? We do not have a choice if we're submitted to him. We'll say, God, I won't be this. God, I won't be that. You know what? If you do, you don't prosper. You've got to find your fit. You've got to be where the Lord's ordained for you to be. Doing what the Lord's ordained for you to be doing. And when you hear Him speak, man, you lay hold and, and, and grab hold of that thing just as tight as you can. Don't let go and don't look back. The Bible says anybody that looks back, the Lord doesn't have any pleasure in him. Man, lay hold on that thing. Get a vision of it. See it like He does. Ask Him, what is it? What have you called for us to do? What have you given us to do? Sister Rosalie told me they were in a house here in Valdosta. That was plenty nice. I mean, it had nice. They had upgraded it some. They had done some real nice things, worked real hard to get it just like they wanted it to be. And all of a sudden, unction from the Spirit began to rise up in them about a house just around the corner. It went up for sale. And they began to feel like, Lord, or, you know, I feel like somehow I'm supposed to have that house. It didn't make sense to their mind because they thought, man, I just sunk all this into this house. But the Lord spoke to she and, and her husband and said, no, I want you to have this house. It was quite bigger. Now, when you get a bigger house, they're thinking about, they're not, they weren't minding it like most people do. I would love to have a bigger house. They were satisfied with the one they were in. But they get a bigger electric bill. They get more yard to mow. They get updates that have to be done because the house wasn't a new bigger house. It was an older bigger house. But the Lord spoke to their hearts. And, and you know what? And the reason I'm saying this is don't lose vision of that. You've got to see it. Because the Lord told them, you will house and have people come and stay in this house. Has nothing to do with them having a bigger house. You know what? Seeks first the kingdom and the Lord will add the things, but He doesn't add the things just to be a burden on us. 
He did not add this bigger thing to them so they could have a bigger payment or so that they could have a bigger bill or so that they could, ooh, look what a big house they got. He adds things to us because He has a purpose for our life and a purpose for us in mind. Amen. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. And He'll increase and prosper you. You're getting to upgrade that house now, aren't you? Amen. Might be taking some time, but you're getting to, you know, it's working out. And when um, the team came to remodel this building, they stayed in the third story of that house because they've left it open for just such a time as that. Amen. Glory to God. He sets us in the body where it pleases Him. We don't have a choice. The only choice we have is to obey or disobey. Adam sinned in the garden. What did he do? He simply disobeyed the Word of the Lord. God does not care what we eat. He cared that He told the man not to eat that. And it wasn't deadly in the natural It was only deadly in the spiritual. Paul said this, there are some things for me in this life that are lawful, not a sin, but they're not profitable to the purpose and call, right? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. He's got a purpose and a plan He's apprehended you for a reason. Not just so that you can bide your time in the sweet by and by and go to heaven someday. If he wanted that, you would have knelt at the altar and you would have said, Jesus, be my Lord, and boom, you would have died. There's no purpose for Him to leave you in the earth after you make Him Lord if all you're trying to do is get to heaven. I mean, my goodness, man, He has to provide for your needs while you're down here. Why didn't he just zap you and take you on with him? No, he has a plan for you in the earth. In the earth. On the earth. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's good. Thank God. Um, You know what? Let's let's go back to verse 6. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That's mature. Yet not with the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that came to nothing. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world into our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written... I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared before him that, for them that love him. But God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit. Because the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. For no man knoweth the things of a man except for the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. Now we have received not of the spirit of the world. 
Hallelujah. I'm repeating myself. Which things we also speak, not in the words of man's wisdom, but the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I read all that. He said, um, but the wisdom of God, even hidden wisdom, which God ordained, he fitted up in advance. And it's a mystery to the world. They don't understand this. The Bible says, Eyes not seen, nor ear has heard the things that has entered into the heart of God, except for the Spirit of God. But He has revealed them to us by His Spirit. But we don't seek after worldly things. And you know, right here, the Bible also says this, if the principalities and powers, it says princes. You remember over in Daniel when the Bible says he began to pray for his nation because he saw the prophecy that said that his nation should be set free in the year that he was living in. He was reading this by, you know, his, the, the scriptures and found where it says this is the year that the nation shall be set free. And he thought, well, it doesn't look like that's happening. I better go to prayer. So Daniel went to praying, God, you know, I repent for the things that, this, that my, you know, my government has done. You know, please restore the nation. What does the Bible say? The Bible says 21 days later, the answer came. Why? Because the princes in the air hindered it. This scripture said if the princes, if those principalities and powers had known what they were doing, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. You know why? Because he was the seed. And he was planted so that God could reap sons. So that God could reap us. And you know what else this tells me about his plan for our life then? It tells me that the devil himself cannot know and comprehend the purpose that the Lord has for you. He may come against you and try to destroy your purpose, but God is steady working those things towards your good because you love Him, because you're called according to His purpose. The Bible says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And if you've made Him Lord, if you've submitted to His Lordship, you are called with a purpose. It's His purpose. And every devil in hell can't stand against you and hinder you for, from making it and for prospering in your purpose if you're submitted to Him. Not even the devil. If the princes had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They don't know. They don't have all wisdom. The Lord has fit and joined together the plan for your life. He knows. And the Bible says no man knows the spirit of, of a man except for the spirit that is within him. And if you've received the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit and make it sure what his plan is, what he's apprehended you for. That's good news. That you can have a purpose on the earth. And you can be prosperous in that purpose. You can be prosperous. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 1, turn there, Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. He's planted us like a seed 
And he intends that we bear fruit. He intends that we bear fruit and that we and that we prosper in the path that he has set before us. We don't have to wander through here wondering, well, what in the world am I going to do? What am I supposed to do? No. Listen to this. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the word, the command of the Lord. We delight in the command of the Lord. And in his law he meditates in day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in this season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever that man does will prosper. If you're going to bear much fruit, we must yield for his plan and stay planted in it. The Bible says he gave gifts unto men, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the edifying and lifting up of the body of Christ, that we shall be no more children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and the cunning craftiness, deceitful plotting of men, but that we should grow up into a mature and perfect man, even into the body of Christ. God sets us in the body where it pleases Him. And the Bible says here, if we will delight in the command of the Lord and what He said to us, that we can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You know what? That gives us some personal responsibility. We've got to stay planted. We've got to stay planted by that river of water. So that you're not tossed to and fro. Right? He gave gifts. Let that sink in. The ministry gifts even. He has set in the body. Particularly the ones you'll see the most are pastors and teachers. Bloom where you're planted. Stay where you're planted. You'll bear much fruit. The Bible says and whatever that man will do, he'll prosper. He'll prosper. Hallelujah. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And you know what? If you're delighting in the law of the Lord, you're going to have desires in your heart that are put there by Him and He's going to give them to you. They're going to be pure desires. You're going to see them materialize right before your eyes. Right before your eyes. Hallelujah. You desire. You desire of your heart. Maybe in the church arena is to begin to, to get in a church where the word's taught, that's growing, that's thriving, that's reaching a city, that's igniting a city. He put that desire there because we desire to be part of something bigger than ourselves. You know what? And the Bible says, if we'll delight ourselves in the Lord, He'll give us the desire of our heart. He'll make it happen. He'll make it happen. Pressure off. We're resting again because our job is only to delight ourselves in the law of the Lord. He's doing the rest. He's doing the rest. We're just obeying day by day. And the path that He's already laid out there, you don't see it. 
But as you obey Him and keep taking those steps, that ground just keeps unfolding, unfolding, unfolding. I've been to a place before in my life where I felt like I was standing on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> you know, man, if I take that step, I'm going flat, to fall flat off. I mean, the earth looks square today. Falling off, you know? But no, if we keep obeying, He's already seen it. He sees the end from the beginning and has ordained a plan. Stay planted. Place of value. That's what delight means. To be happy in and to place a value on something. Pastor Mark, they just had a few months ago a beautiful baby boy. The Lord's blessed them with a child. You delight in him, don't you? I saw pictures on um, Facebook the other day of him smiling. I thought, oh my goodness, man, if that won't get you, gets me when my kids smile. You place a value on him, don't you? You know that he's your seed and that there's things that you'll put in him by the Spirit of the Lord that will cause him to grow and mature into the man that God's ordained him to be. The Bible says delight means to be happy and we're happy when we see our children smile but you know what we place a value on them too because we realize that he's given them to us as an inheritance and you know what that's what the Lord's done with this plan that he's given for your life let yourself place a value on the command and the word of the Lord and you'll be successful you'll prosper You'll prosper in your way. And you know what? When it's all said and done, you'll hear him say to you, Well done. (laughs) Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter now in to the joy of the Lord. You know what? It's interesting. The Bible says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy. Enter in and walk according to the command And man, his joy will be full in you. Hallelujah. Amen? Well, thank God. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your plan, and we thank you for your purpose for our lives. God, we submit to you, and I pray in the name of Jesus.